Hello and welcome to LDS Real People, Real Lives podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Colvin, coming to you from Southern California, and I so appreciate you joining me today. And I am very excited for the podcast this week, as I am doing a collaboration with my wonderful mom. She has always been a great example to me of female strength, uh, her desire to be a good daughter of our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. She strives to live the gospel very, very diligently. She's very proactive about living the gospel and inviting the Spirit into her life. The Spirit is the Holy Ghost, and this is the Spirit of God. Um, She is a covenant-keeping woman, and I so much appreciate the opportunity to be able to do this with her, and she will be coming up here shortly. Thanks again for joining. And I actually did a survey uh, this last week on what the topic should be for this week's podcast. And it was a very close, even split, a choice between doing the Holy Ghost or the plan of salvation and happiness. And the Holy Ghost just kind of edged the plan of salvation out. So we will be doing that soon. But um, I love this topic because... I've always had such a very wonderful and close relationship with the Spirit of God. I think that some of the life events that have happened in my life from when I was a little girl, um, it just so much mercy and grace and love was given to me as I endured the challenges, which were the decisions and choices of others who were around me. And um I remember turning to prayer a lot. I do earnestly believe in the power of prayer. And through the years, as time went on, uh, one of my probably spiritual talents is my ability to hear the Spirit. Um, I'm not 100% fluent in the spiritual language, but um, it's definitely something that has been, the Holy Ghost has been my companion for all my life. And I appreciate Um, the fact that I can hear him clearly, but I work very hard at it. I know that a lot of us, um, you know, as I follow pages on Facebook and Instagram and I see people leaving comments and I watch discussions and, and, and get involved in discussions about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit of God, you know, people have a hard time knowing what that is, what it means, how to hear, what's he saying, Um, I know especially people who deal with um, anxiety um, or mental issues, uh, mental disabilities, if they have some type of illness, their minds tend to be very full and it's hard to hear the spirit. I know when I'm stressed and I'm anxiety riddled um, or I'm worried, it's really hard for me to hear the spirit, but there's a great answer to this. In my experience, when I've chosen to live by faith, to trust my Heavenly Father, and to do the things that I know that invites the Spirit into my life, I have a lot more success, a lot more blessings and miracles that work in my life, and a path that unfolds before me. So there's an example that was given in a a general conference talk Um, And I I think it's Elder Bednar. Don't quote me on that. But I do believe it's him. And I absolutely love Elder Bednar. But I'm just paraphrasing in my own words. But he said that the the leadership or the inspiration or revelation from the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, comes 
imagine as you are walking through a very foggy, dimly lit road. This is what I see in my mind. I can't see anything to the right or left. I can only see maybe a couple steps ahead of me. And I don't look behind because I'm charging forward. So instead of being fearful of that fog that just seems to wrap around me like a blanket, I know that if I just do and act and take those two steps as I prayerfully consult with the Lord and turn to him, I know that the Holy Ghost is going to tend to me and help guide me. So I take those two steps and then when I get there, I go back and I do what I need to do again. Pray, read the scriptures. Scriptures are one a great way to invite the spirit into your life and receive revelation and inspiration and guidance. Um, FAG, go to church, pay your tithing, be a temple recommend holder, uh, be of service. You know, we have a lot of things that we can do to position ourselves so that we can have the spirit of God in, in our lives and to guide us to be our Liahona and compass. And, uh, you know, again, I just always caution you to not do too much understanding that life is always going to be a process of improvement and we need to be patient with ourselves. We need to be kind to ourselves, but again, stay focused on the goal of incremental improvements every day. I find sometimes I improve in certain areas. And then as time goes on, I may take a couple steps back as I'm focusing on other things and kind of fine tuning and sharpening those skills or abilities. And then I recognize it and I go back over here and maybe, you know, work on my prayers being more meaningful and coming from the heart instead of wrote, you know, a, a memorized prayer. So that's just an example that I have. And, um, you know, Heavenly Father doesn't, I love that scripture that talks about, and I think it's in uh, the book of Mosiah and the book of Mormon about how we are to not run any faster than we have strength. And I, I, I really, really believe in that. So as we talk about the Holy Ghost, who he is and what he does for us, he, he's definitely a servant of the Lord. He's a member of the Godhead. So there's three of them. We have Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. And they work together as they are one in purpose. Okay. So, you know, we talk about the four things that we know about the Holy Ghost. And I actually took this information from uh, an LDS Living article um, back from August of 2019. And it says the first one. Number one, the Holy Ghost is a male spirit personage, a spirit son of God the Father. So we know that he's a spirit son of Heavenly Father, and we know that he is male. Gender plays a very important role in heaven. Um, in a sermon delivered in 1857 by President Heber C. Kimball, he said... Quote, the Holy Ghost is a man. He is one of the sons of our Father and our God. And he is that man that stood next to Jesus Christ, just as I stand by Brother Brigham. End quote. 
This being is known by many, many different titles, such as Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. He's also known as the Spirit of Truth, the Comforter, the Witness or Testator, Revelator, Sanctifier, Sealer, and the Holy Spirit of Promise. I love these names. He does so much. And he loves doing this for each of us individually. Joseph Smith delivered to the saints in uh, Illinois a doctrinal item of instruction on April 2nd in 1843. And he taught them, The Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's, the Son also. But the Holy Ghost has not a body of flesh and bones, but is a personage of spirit. So why does he need to be a spirit? Let's talk about that in number two. This is the second thing that we know about the Holy Ghost, that is that he has form, he has shape, and he occupies space. For a time during the grand panoramic vision of Nephi, he was tutored by the Spirit of God, and he had seen the tree of life and desired to know what it represented. And Nephi says, this is in 1 Nephi chapter 11, verse 11. For I spake unto him as a man speaketh, for I beheld that he was in the form of a man, yet nevertheless I knew that it was the Spirit of the Lord, and he spake unto me as a man speaketh with another. Powerful. Knowledge is everything. Justice Smith taught, were it not so, the Holy Ghost could not dwell in us. So he had to be a spirit so that he could dwell in us, so that he could tend to us, so that he could be everywhere. He has to be a spirit without bones, without a body. And uh, you know that he's a very diligent servant to the Lord. And I also oftentimes believe and I know that the Holy Ghost of God, the spirit of God loves us. Um, and so he is happy to do this service to help us return to Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Mother. President Brigham Young, in speaking of the New Testament moment, because uh, we do have two different descriptions of the Spirit in Matthew and I believe in Luke. And President Brigham Young says, quote, the Holy Ghost in the form of a dove, it is said, rested upon him. This is not exactly the fact, though a natural dove descended and rested on the head of the Lord Jesus and witnessed that God had accepted the offering of his son. But the dove was not the Holy Ghost, but the sign that the Holy Ghost was given to him, end quote. Here again, knowledge. Knowledge is everything. Knowledge is power. Knowledge gets us home. And this is why it was so important that they kept the plates for all those centuries that they kept the plates because you can see in the scriptures, those who don't have the knowledge and those that do, how their lives end up going for them, the directions that they take, uh, whether or not they prosper. The third thing that we know about the Holy Ghost is that as a member of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost does possess all attributes, qualities, and divine characteristics and perfection. It goes on further to say that he is, indeed, he is God. Modern revelation affirms that the comforter knoweth all things. 
So among the various titles and functions of the Holy Ghost are the record of heaven, the comforter, the peaceable things of immortality, um, immortal glory, the truth of all things, that which quickeneth all things, which maketh all which maketh alive all things, that which knoweth all things, and hath all power to wisdom, mercy, truth, justice, and judgment. And that can be found in Moses chapter 6, verse 61. So the teaching is clear. He's a member of the Godhead. He too is a God. Okay? And he knows all things. He's all wise. Um, I really love when it says that he quickeneth all things and he maketh alive all things. So when we talk about spiritual experiences, you know, the spirit can communicate to us in many different ways. And I think the spirit communicates to us in ways that are unique to us um, and is the language that we'll understand wherever we're at as far as our progress in the gospel and in our lives. And so the spirit can quicken our hearts and our minds and our understanding and help us to, to hear. Um, you know, they talk about in the scriptures, how when the spirit moves upon you, you feel this burning in the bosom. I don't know how many of you have had that experience. For me, I often feel the burning in the bosom and it's basically, it, it's, it reminds me of that ink blot that hits the little Petri dish of water and it just spreads quickly that's what happens in my chest when the spirit works with me. It hits my chest and it just spreads and it just burns this beautiful goosebump producing, lovely celestial burn. It's just, it's a, it's a wonderful experience, but I've also had the spirit communicate to me through thoughts, feelings. Feelings are a big one. And I think feelings are important because when we feel things, they become un undeniable. They become part of the fabric of our DNA and what we believe and what we know. You know, when you know truth, that's that's unbending, it's unchanging. There's just, it's undeniable. And that's definitely how the spirit has worked with me and I think works with, you know, everyone. But again, the spirit talks to us all differently. And you'll find out later as I talk with my mom that she actually hears the word of God in her mind. He is not only the representative and witness of father in heaven and Jesus Christ, but they are all one in purpose and called the Godhead. Uh, the fourth person or the fourth thing that we know about the Holy ghost, is that he is a person and his person must not be confused with his powers and influence. So this is coming from elder Talmadge. He says much of the confusion existing in human conceptions concerning the nature of the Holy Ghost arises from the common failure to segregate his person and powers. Plainly, such expressions as being filled with the Holy Ghost and his falling upon persons have reference to the powers and influences that emanate from God and which are characteristic of him. For the Holy Ghost may in this way operate simultaneously upon many persons, even though they be widely separated, whereas the actual person of the Holy Ghost cannot be in more than one place at a time. So the Holy Ghost may be regarded as the minister of the Godhead, carrying into effect the decision of the Supreme Council, end quote. The way that I like to describe the Holy Ghost that I've learned actually from missionaries is there's two ways. Number one, and this can often um, also be said about the light of Christ, is 
you take the sun and you look at the sun and I, you know, I know I've gone outside and I've closed my eyes and looked up towards the sun and just taken in the sun, been very present, how it feels, how good it feels on my skin, how good it feels in my mind. And it's just making my body feel so, so warm and wonderful. And then I can come inside and the sun is still in my home through the windows that I have. I can go in the car. I still have the sun. That's how the Holy Ghost works as well. The Holy, There's no place that the Holy Ghost cannot go with the exception of our choices. So when we make poor choices, when we do things that we're not supposed to do, that can definitely push the spirit away from us. And that's why we want to work so diligently at being obedient and keeping the commandments, at reading the scriptures and really focusing our minds and hearts on Heavenly Father, on our Savior, and inviting the Holy Spirit of God to be our companion throughout the day, to abide with us, to spend the day with us, to reveal heavenly knowledge and wonder to us to you know guide us in our lives what choices we should make and also to be our comforter to help us feel the love of God and the warmth of his love um in my life as far as having experiences I've had many many experiences and I think one that I had shared in my first episode was when my husband decided to get baptized in the church and I had gone home because I did not want to get married again. I was really scared after having two divorces. So I went home and I spent some time with my family. And while I was there, I just took some time to really kind of think on things to meditate and just have some personal time to just free my life of distraction and um, the last day that I was at the house before I came back to Ventura, I remember hitting my knees and asking Heavenly Father if he was to be the man that I should marry. And, you know, the answer came very quickly. Um, I did feel that burning in my bosom, and I did feel that the decision was good. Another time that I had the Spirit work with me was we had been in a very financial difficult spot. And my son, his car just blew up and he making the money that he does um, just starting out his career did not have the ability to buy or fix his car. And so we had to figure out how we were going to get this car from his location to my location so I could have my friend fix it at a rate that would work better for us and have a good warranty too. That was really important to us. So we drove it about 222 miles, and uh, I was really scared to be driving it, especially over the grapevine with all the trucks. So we made sure that we did that drive um, in the evening time. And uh, he drove his car. I drove my car, and it was my job to manage traffic and the trucks and make sure that because he couldn't switch back and forth from gears. Once he hit like 55, 60 miles per hour, he had to stay there. I was really afraid his transmission was going to give out. And luckily, we made it all the way to the transmission um, repair shop in Ventura, dropped it off, 
And uh, throughout that whole process of making decisions about what to do with the vehicle, I mean, I really hit my knees and prayed because we did not have resources to fix this car. And I knew my son needed it for work and school. So, you know, things started to come together. Was it an ideal situation? No. And this is the one thing that I've learned is that Heavenly Father is not going to rob us of experiences, but we can have the Holy Ghost to be our comforter through the experience to help guide us. And sometimes we feel like we understand the Holy Ghost and it's like, okay, we need to make this decision or we need to do that. And then we act upon it. And then we find out, oh, oh, you know what? That didn't work out really well. So I need to go back and kind of think about this again and and have another conversation with Heavenly Father through prayer and decide which way to go. Uh, I remember the guy at the transmission office called me the next morning and he said, you know, we took your transmission apart. And he says, how far did you drive this car? And I told him 222 miles. And he was absolutely amazed because that transmission was just shredded. There was even metal all in the transmission fluid. And so that was, I mean, that was by the grace of God that we were able to get it here, that we were able to get it repaired and that everything worked out safely. It was just, and this is what the Holy Ghost does for us is he works miracles in our lives. He protects us. He watches over us and he takes wonderful care of us. So now I'm going to, um, we're going to talk to my mom and uh, I'm so happy that you guys have joined us. Hi, Mom. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for joining in this week's podcast, all about the Holy Ghost. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast this week. Um, brothers and sisters, I would like to introduce you to my mom, and her name is Kay Lemon. She lives in Central California, and she has been a member of the church her whole life and absolutely leads our family fiercely in the gospel. Mom, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. But Stephanie, we joined, I joined the church when I was nine. So oh, okay. it wasn't quite all my life, but most of it, you're right. To me, it's your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay. No, I'm, I, thanks for clearing that up. So um, when you say you joined when you were nine years old, how did you, how did that come about? You know, we lived uh, way out on the uh, west side of the Central Valley because my dad worked uh, for an oil company uh, pumping station, and he was the chief engineer there. And uh, my sister, who was 16 years old, died of spinal meningitis, and they were devastated, as we all were. I think I was about five years old at the time. And... um, two missionaries showed up at our doorstep and there were no churches out there. We didn't go to church regularly. And uh, the only time I went, it was to, I don't know, a kind of Holy Roller church. And I know that I did not feel good about that particular one. But um, when the missionaries came to our home, way out, what I call the boondocks, they (laughs) They uh, came in and were welcomed in, and unbeknownst to me at the time, my dad had been baptized a member of the church when he was in Oklahoma, and my grandmother had had the missionaries into their home to preach the gospel to others in the community, but because the church wasn't as uh, known and worldwide as it is now, there were not a lot of churches in Uh, farming communities and outlying communities. And so 
we didn't have access to that at the time. So they brought the church to us and a little branch was formed in a small town. And we used to go to that. It was just a a place where they, at night, they had a party and danced and the local community went there and they smoked and drank. And the next morning, the members would go and clean out the hall and prepare it for church. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, that, that, that's a time things are so different nowadays, but that's, um, I love that story. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We've talked about this before, cause it's coming back to me now, mm-hmm. but, um, like I said, you know, I just look at you as my mom and you're always going to be in the gospel as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Um, and you know what? That's such a special story because I love hearing about grandma Pittman and her faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are a family of seven with five children and my parents are in their seventies and eighties. All of us kids are adults. One passed away in 92 when he was 25. Uh, my mom has been a professional out in the healthcare workforce for many years. She's raised us kids and is very involved with her 10 grandkids. And she also has eight great grandchildren as with any covenant keeping woman in the gospel of Jesus Christ. She has seen her family grow and flourish, but not without its challenges. I know the spirit of God has played a very important role in her life, especially while dealing with kids who had health problems, issues being lost and needing to be found. It seems like our family has seen it all. And yet I know that we haven't. And we are very blessed by our unity in the gospel. Now, that does not mean that all my siblings are in the gospel. However, they do very much love the gospel of Jesus Christ and are very respectful of our parents and their leadership in the family, their wisdom and love. Mom, is there anything that you would like to add to that at all? Anything I'm missing? No, I think you covered it. Thank you. Okay, good. So my first question I'd like to ask you is, you know, as we talk about the Holy Ghost, and uh, this is the focus of our podcast this week, is understanding that the Spirit works with us each individually and uniquely. The Spirit speaks to us so that we can hear Him no matter where we are in the gospel and in our lives. So tell me, Mom, how did you learn in your life the language of the Spirit? Well, it took time. I didn't immediately understand that. Like I said, we just had a small branch. We never had MIA at the time. There were only two uh, other people besides our family that had children. And so it was very small. We didn't grow up reading the scriptures or anything like that or saying prayers at night. But there was something within me that I always knew that the church was true it set well with me. I felt the spirit of it when I would go to church, even when I was younger. And um, I didn't really understand uh, what the Holy Spirit was about until I was in my adulthood and was married. I um, married outside of the church. Um, There was no one but myself in the whole school that I went to that was another member of the church. And so there, I wasn't used to being around other teenage or young adult members of the church until I went to Brigham Young University. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there everybody was uh, very supportive of going to church and, uh, and I got more involved and then, um, and then I got married. Um, 
when I got married, my husband wasn't a member of the church, but he became a member of the church later. And as we struggled through our relationship and the growth of our family, I had to learn to uh, turn to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my patriarchal blessing tells me that I am without guile and that the spirit will be with me. And I never really understood exactly what that meant until I got older. And I've always felt that the spirit guided me. There were times in my life when I didn't make good decisions. And yet, as I was in a situation that was uncomfortable, I always knew to get out of it. So I never partook partook of drugs. I never drank. I didn't smoke. And I just stayed on that kind of a path. But I hadn't really been converted to the church until later on. The spirit came to me many times after that. And over time, I feel like learning to tune into the spirit is a growing process where as you continue to develop your ability to really put effort into it and not only study, but seek that things come to you more easily. Perfect. I love how you said study and seek because that's such a very important part of understanding the Holy Ghost, who is the spirit of God. And he's part, he's a member of the Godhead for those who, um, you know, just to clarify, maybe the order of heavenly father's house in the kingdom. Uh, you also mentioned that you had to develop the ability and put in the effort. And we just heard this last general conference, how much the Lord loves effort. Um, I think that being tuned in with the spirit of God can kind of be like when you're tuning into a, let's say a radio channel on the FM dial and you continue to work with it and, and tune it in as you are even working a muscle as you exercise. So when you have learned how to hear the language of the Lord and understand how he speaks to you. Um, can you cite to me something that you did in particular, maybe an example on how to invite the spirit into your life or even your daily life? Like, what do you do? Well, there's two different things. One is that the spirit has come to me without effort because of the need that I had. As an example, when Michael was in the process of dying from the uh, neurofibromatosis, neurofibromatosis um, and we were struggling with a lot of things and we'd gone to San Francisco to the University of California Med Center and the doctor had said they couldn't do anymore and so on the way back um, Michael was in the back of our big van and he was sleeping and on some heavy drugs because of the pain and I was driving and it was just the two of us And we had gone on several trips back and forth with just the two of us as we took that journey together. And on the way back, and I was, you know, distraught and tears were running down my eyes. And the spirit spoke to me. And actually, I think it was Christ because it said, my will will be done. And when I heard that, I was able to accept what was happening to Michael. And I could see that he had gone on his mission, that... uh, if he lost his life now at age 25 without being married or having children, that his patriarchal blessing promised that he would have that. 
And I could see him right now. And I know that he is teaching the gospel in the spirit world right now to other people. That satisfies me. I feel strongly about that. And that has sustained me through going through that experience with him and down that road that was so difficult. I love that, Mom. I just love that story and how you share it. Um, You know, I think that to really invite the spirit into our lives, you've talked about obedience and being very proactive, putting a lot of effort, saying your prayers, you know, searching and studying, but also giving yourself you know, uh, you had a lot of alone time in those commutes from Central California to the Bay Area where you could really, you know, think and meditate and ponder about your life and everything that's going on. Um, as mentioned before, and you just talked about Mike, he passed away when he was 25. You have a another son that um, had some trouble finding himself in his future. However, he does believe very much in the gospel of Jesus Christ and embraces it with his heart. And then of course you have me, uh, a daughter with many addictions and failed relationships. Unfortunately, Uh, you also have another son who's had a difficult life, but is faithful in the gospel doing his best. And then there's the youngest who has struggled with many issues, but knows the church is the church of Jesus Christ And he's always been very respectful of the faith. That's not to say that we haven't had many wonderful miracles and blessings in our family, I believe. I just want to highlight a bit of your responsibility and how the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, has helped you to be a wonderful mother to us as we go through our own trials and challenges here. So with that said, Mom, you shared the experience that you had with Mike. Is there another experience that you can give us uh, an example where the Holy Ghost has worked in your life as a mom, wife, or even as a professional? Well, you know, Stephanie, um, when I'm struggling to go through things, the spirit just comes to me with a thought. And it's a thought that says, do this or do that, or that sounds good. I think I should take that road or this child is struggling and I need to go talk to them and just bear my testimony to them. Or recently I, I uh, sent a letter to uh, an email to uh, my grandson and just, he says that he doesn't believe in, in God. He believes in science. And so I just bore my testimony to him and told him about the spiritual things I've experienced and that God and science go together and that if he wanted to really learn the difference between God and science or anything, he has to study about God as much as he studies about science. And then he would see that there's not a problem with the two. Wow. That is just touching and obviously such spiritual guidance. You can just, that just gave me goosebumps. Um, I really appreciate you being so open and sharing that story. Um, You know, we deal with a lot in this life and, um, you know, we're going to have faith challenges. And and this is how I think Heavenly Father has provided us so perfectly with this plan of salvation and happiness is that when we have family members in our family that are, you know, going out and kind of living life on their own terms or um, having faith challenges or faith crises, that the other portions of the family who are are rooted and maybe not having as many challenges can be there for them and still encourage them in the right direction and find that kind of even footing that we can have with each other, wouldn't you say? That's true. You know, one of the things that I've always said to each one of my children and grandchildren, and I give them this example, you're traveling down a road 
and uh, you've been on that road for months and several years, actually. And you have to look at where that road is taking you. And if you're not happy with that road, if you see that you could improve on that road, you need to look at how you depart from that road and get on a different road that will take you to a better place. And how do you go about that? How do you make that change in your life? You have to be action oriented. You have to make a change that says, you know what? I've been doing this every day. I get up, I do the same thing and I'm not happy. And what brings happiness? Happiness is come through uh, taking charge of your life, getting yourself in a better spot, not relying upon other people, but upon the spirit to guide you and helping you to make choices about how to depart from the road of the world and get on that straight and narrow path that will lead you back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Excellent. I think too, to hear him, to hear the spirit of God, you know, as we encourage uh, members of our family or even, you know, people we know, good friends, or as we go out and we do missionary work is that, um, the spirit of God is always there for us, but we do have to be very proactive. It's kind of like uh, what they talk about in first Nephi living after the manner of happiness. Wouldn't you say? Yes, I would. And allowing the spirit to be there and to really help guide us. And so we have to do very key things. And there's definitely a formula to it, uh, such as reading the scriptures, attending church, Praying, we believe very strongly in the power of prayer. I know you do too, Mom. I do. I also think that you need to put yourself in good places, places where you can uh, be without interference with the Spirit to be able to um, get through to you and uh, be willing to listen. One of the struggles that I've gone through since Dad and I have been retired now, basically, is that the TV's on a lot. And so um, I feel that you know for me and the way I was raised I and of course you know being in 1944 I was raised with the radio when I was really small and then as I grew up and everything but you know TV just hasn't been the be all end all for me so I don't go to that necessarily for my uh, every day every minute kind of involvement entertainment and so if you want to hear the spirit you i i prefer being outside i can be uh out just you know gardening trimming trees with your dad whatever i much prefer that than sitting in the house and and uh you know watching tv or you know that what goes on forever right so i like to get out i like the sunshine i that's why i like california really is because we have really good weather. We can go to the beach. We can go to the mountains, which you know we do all the time. And it's just a great experience. That's why I like to get my whole family together, which we do. And we take that journey together. And I like to teach my grandchildren as well as my children to remember just what that's like. Because when you're in the beauty of the world, it impacts you in a different way. And you can feel closer to God's great creation. 
I love that um, line of thinking because it always reminds me of Justice Smith and how he took his time to actually walk out to, uh, you know, the grove to find a place where he could be at one essentially with nature and, and the creation that Christ has given us in this beautiful earth and to get rid of distractions. We need to really get rid of distractions. We have a lot of distractions with all the technology and everything we have at our fingertips. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I knew this is going to be a good uh, partnership with you, mom. I love having you on the podcast and closing. Is there anything that you would like to add? Um, and also if you can tell us a little bit how meaningful it has been to you to have the Holy ghost as your Leahona, something in closing that you would like to add, you know, um, as you know, Stephanie, life has not always been easy in our family and therefore, you know, needing that help for me to stay on the path has been extremely powerful in my life. And therefore, I always listen. I try to always listen. I should say that. And when I do, I try to act on the promptings that I receive from the Holy Spirit regarding any member of my family. And I reach out to them, even when it's difficult, because of choices that have been made. Uh, But they are my family. And I will never give up on them. And so I keep trying to get that lost sheep to come back to the fold. Because as a parent, I think of myself similar to my father in heaven, who, or my mother in heaven, who are always wanting their children to come back to them. And how must they feel with that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter? You're definitely a wonderful mom. You're always gathering us uh, little chickens. And uh, what would we ever do without you, mom? You're such a blessing to this family. And it's so nice to hear that story of you reaching out to your grandson. And uh, this is how the spirit of God works with us as we actively invite him into our lives. Mom, I love you so much. Thank you for joining us today. And And for adding your voice to the many who stand up and stand out for the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. Thanks for all you do and have done. Love you so much. Thank you, Stephanie, for your podcast. Of course. Love you. So to summarize a little bit about what the Holy Ghost does for us, um, again, taken from an article in LDS Living, the Holy Ghost sanctifies. We know that the Holy Ghost comforts, guides, warns, and teaches, but we rarely talk about one of his most important roles, which is his sanctifying power. Sanctification is the process of Christ's atonement cleansing us and healing us and helping us become more Christ-like, but it's only through the Holy Ghost that we can access the atonement. Uh, The gift of the Holy Ghost is the messenger of grace by which the blood of Christ is applied to take away our sins and to sanctify us. And I love this about the Holy Ghost because, you know, as we talked about repentance last week, this is so very important that we can be released from the yuck that we acquire. Uh, The second thing that the Holy Ghost does for us is that he gives us gifts and talents The Holy Ghost is the most wonderful gift that we could ever receive. But on top of that, he also gives us other gifts to enrich our lives. You know, everyone has been given spiritual gifts and Heavenly Father expects us to ask for and develop many more. As we see in the parable, the talents, the servants were expected to use the talents they had and then also gain more talents as well. 
I remember when I was little and I was practicing, whatever it may be, sports, piano, music, and uh, my parents always taught me that if I stop using the talent, I may lose the talent. And that was the case with piano. I stopped playing piano for a while. Um, there are some other talents that we have that uh, are not necessarily sports or music related, such as uh, being able to be forgiving, uh, to be understanding, to be merciful, to be a peacemaker, um, to be someone who can speak with the power of conviction and authority. There's probably hundreds of thousands of talents that we can gain. So we must seek those out and the Holy Ghost can help us with that. The third thing that the Holy Ghost does for us is that he helps us to see with new spiritual eyes. So our natural man eyes are fuzzy and can help. Well, they can only see what our limited and perfect experience shows us. But when we allow the Holy Ghost to help us see things as they really are, we can suddenly have a much more accurate and heavily vision of life and those around us. President Eyring said only through the Holy Ghost can we see people and events as God sees them. And that is so important because it gives us hope and it helps us to endure because we have been commanded to endure. I just wanted to end the podcast this week on um, a quote by Richard G. Scott. And he says, each of us must stay in condition to respond to inspiration and the promptings of the Holy Ghost. The Lord has a way of pouring pure intelligence into our minds to prompt us, to guide us, to teach us and to warn us. Each son or daughter of God can know the things that they need to know instantly. And that comes from the power of the Holy Ghost. I so much appreciate you guys joining me this week. And if there was one wish that I could give you or express to you is that we can do things in baby steps because when we take big bites or big steps, it usually doesn't stick, but it's the line upon line, precept upon precept concept that it does stick that the purification process does happen as we desire to live righteously. Our lives over time become consecrated through the power and the gift of the Holy ghost, which is given to us at baptism. And that is through the power of the priesthood, which comes from our heavenly father and our savior, Jesus Christ It is the government of heaven. And it is the power and authority of God. Remember to please be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. You guys stay safe, stay healthy, stay faithful, and be believing. Until next week, God bless.